Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. We're sticking with a college tennis theme this week on the show. On Tuesday, we had Princeton's Brianna Schwetz on to talk about her 2020 Princeton Tigers season, talk about what it was like when the coronavirus pandemic first began and how she heard the news that the college tennis season was canceled, what her team was doing and still is doing to stay in communication, how she plans to stay in tennis shape, continue to improve her game uh, during this period of self-quarantining. We continue that theme today with another great college tennis discussion. This time, we talked to University of Texas men's tennis freshman Elliot Spaziri about what it was like for him as a freshman on the team. And look, for Elliot, he joined the defending national champions, and they were a team that lost four single starters, the heart of the past four years of University of Texas men's college tennis. Of course, last year, they lost their head coach to scandal as well. Interim coach Bruce Burke comes in, helps lead the team to a national title. He gets the interim tag removed. And I ask Elliot, you know, what it was like when that period occurred, what it was like for him to hear Coach Center had left the team, uh, what it was like his, you know, for him to hear Coach Burke was taking over and what it's like joining a team that's coming off of a national championship program. And just what that adjustment to college tennis life is like for him in general. He was a guy who graduated early. So he could start this January, and of course, his Texas team got off to an incredible start to their 2020 season. First match of the year, they go down and knock out number one, the Florida Gators in Gainesville, and obviously to have that be your first match to be thrust in sort of into that sort of spotlight, uh, that's a once-in-a-lifetime experience, and so Elliot talks about all of that. He talks also about his uh, Juniors U.S. Open uh, boys doubles title. He talks about what it's like to grow up with a twin brother, how he's handled quarantine, and so much more. It's a really fun conversation that we'll get to in a moment, but before we do that, I have to let you guys know that these Cracked Interviews podcasts are made possible by our friends at Diadem Sports and you know by now Diadem Sports is helping tennis players across the globe elevate their games by designing the most innovative performance tennis gear on the planet. Their rackets are developed with your performance in mind and have been carefully crafted for a specific type of playing style, whether your game commands power and explosiveness or precision and control. They'll have the best option to help you take your game to the next level, and I've said it before, but Their Elevate 98 racket, that aqua blue, is just gorgeous. And it would get the precision and control I need to take my game to the next level. Maybe you're more of a power player. I'll tell you who's a power player, Elliot Spaziri. That forehand is a weapon. For him, he'd probably be a Nova 100 guy. Now, the good news is for the more nuanced takes, what do you need spin control-wise and what sort of strings work best for you? They've got five different sets, the Solstice Power, the Elite XT, the Flash, the Evolution, the Impulse. They've also got their Premier Tennis Balls, their incredible Diadem hoodies and shirts 
shirts and just gear and uh, you know it's your one-stop shop for all of your tennis needs so go to their website dietimsports.com i promise you'll like what you see and you can use our promo code cr50 to get 50 percent off your order you know diadem has been so supportive of us here at cracked rackets we are so sure you will like their gear and of course the least we can do is ask that you go support them as well so go to diademsports.com use that promo code cr50 get 50 percent off all of your orders with that being said let's talk now let's get to our conversation i should say with university of texas men's tennis freshman elliot spaziri Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Joining us now on the Cracked Interviews podcast, you may know him from the time he spent this past year as a member of the University of Texas men's tennis team. You may also know him as the 2019 U.S. Open Junior Doubles Champion, Elliot Spaziri. Elliot, welcome to the Cracked Interviews podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. Oh, of course. It's our pleasure. I'm holding up. I feel like for you, and, you know, let's get into you. You're the story here, not me. Uh, it must have been frustrating just, uh, you know, I'm I'm 24. I graduated college 2017. But to lose a semester of college to have to go back, uh, how badly does that throw you off? I can only imagine that experience. Yeah, I mean, I think it kind of threw everyone off a little bit. But, uh, yeah, we had a great season going. So to have that cut short was it was disappointing. But during these times, there's really nothing you can do except try to stay home, you know, social distance and stay safe. So it is what it is. Um, I was really enjoying my first season, but uh, luckily I'm pretty sure we'll get another year of eligibility on the back end of it if we would like. So um, to have that as an option from the NCAA is fantastic. Mm-hmm. For you, uh, you're, I believe you're from Connecticut, right? So did you immediately fly home? What was that process like for you to get back home? Are you still or are you still in Austin? Uh, no, I flew home a couple days after we found out. Uh, my mom wanted me to get home as soon as possible. But uh, yeah, I, I, I obviously wanted to stay in Austin and train. But once they closed all the facilities down, it was there's really not much to do and couldn't go to school and everything was online. So uh, the best decision felt like to come home and spend some time with family and stay stay inside. Yeah, no, definitely prioritizing safe and health, right? Safety and health right now over everything else. Um, you know, I, I am as fascinating as it would be to discuss what it's like to have to take college classes online. Uh, I am curious about the training perspective because you know, for you right now, just as any tennis player with so many things being closed down, how difficult is it for you right now during this time period to just stay in shape, find things to do to keep your tennis up to par? Yeah, well. Uh, I'm actually lucky enough to have a coach that still wants to work during this time. And uh, even though it's pretty cold up here, we still, um, I have a friend who has a court that we get to hit on as much as we want. So uh, I'm I'm still hitting a couple hours a day and staying in shape with 
workouts for my strength and conditioning coach. Um, so I'm lucky to have the option to do to play and work out when I want, but it's definitely challenging during this time because um, there's not many guys to hit with, and uh, yeah, the weather up here is it's pretty cold. Yeah, no, I can only imagine what that's like. I do. I will ask. You know, online classes. Is, how frustrating? How you know? How different is it from? I guess during a tennis season when you have practice and you're traveling on all of these weekends. Is it that different of a feel for you for this ending of the semester? Yeah, well, I've had some experience with online online classes. <laughs> I went to high school online for all four years, but uh, yeah, it's a bit of a transition. I was kind of liking the routine I had at school with classes um and once we transition transition to online classes i actually missed my first four or five and so the professors weren't too happy about that but uh <laughs> I, i've managed to figure it out now um so you know it's it's weird being at home all day and not being on campus going to classes seeing people hanging out but uh it is what it is yeah, no, for sure. Um, that, that's funny, though. I, I can only imagine again. I'd be like, dude, I'll watch this lecture. I'll get to it. Um, it's oh, certainly... yeah, the transition was, it was tough for me. <laughs> yeah, no, but as you mentioned, it's good that you have a prior online experience. And for you, I believe you spent time with USTA Player Development down in Florida. Uh, you know, for you, how did you get into the sport? What was your junior training like? Yeah, so... Uh, we belong to our family belongs to a, a club in Greenwich and my dad played high school tennis, but never farther, th farther than that. And so he, he always loved to play and introduced it to me pretty early when I was probably about five or six. And then I immediately fell in love with the sport and started training more and more. And then the coach that I'm still with now, Patrick Hurst, uh, was hired at the club that we belong to and I really enjoyed working with him. And then once I was 10 or 11, we started working privately. But ever since I was eight years old working with him, um, I absolutely loved the sport. And as the years progressed, we just started training harder and harder. And then obviously after eighth grade, um, leading into my high school career, I went to start doing school online so I could travel the world playing ITF junior tournaments and having more time to train. Yeah, you brought up eighth grade being that date mark for you when you made that decision. How difficult was that for you to decide to do homeschooling and just focus on the tennis full-time? What goes into a decision like that? Yeah, I mean, there was part of me that wanted to do it all along because all I wanted to do was play tennis all day. But, um, you know, the social aspect of it is it's definitely tough. And I'm lucky enough to have a twin brother, so... I didn't really lose that connection with some old friends at home and I'd always had my brother to hang out with. So yeah, it was difficult at first adjusting. Um, I remember some of my friends thinking that I dropped out of school or that I just <laughs> completely stopped. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, look, online school is a great, it was a great resource for me and it helped me be f more flexible in my schedule. Um but yeah, it wasn't easy to, to transition, not seeing friends all every day at school and hanging out. But I'm lucky enough to have a great group of people around me. So I transitioned fine. 
you mentioned you have a twin brother. I believe his name is Nick. Um, was yeah. there a moment when, you know, because if I had a twin brother and I had an older brother and we were playing all the time, and I can tell you exactly when I first beat him and I never lost to him again. Uh, but for you guys, did Nick grow up playing as well? And was there, you know, is that was that nice to have someone who you could hit with at all times? Yeah, he did. Uh, he Now he plays squash competitively. Uh, but he did grow, we both grew up playing all the sports together and he, he's actually a pretty decent tennis player now. Uh, I actually remember he just had a senior, uh, speech at school and he talked about one of, uh, one of the last matches we played was during a club championship match and I won six Oh in the third set, but <laughs> I, I lost the first and threw my racket across two courts and started throwing a tantrum and had to have my mom come talk to me. And then <laughs> after he lost the second, it was the same thing. So, uh, yeah, we've had quite a few battles <laughs> over the years. But, uh, yeah, he's still a great player, actually. And is it just one of those things where it's because he knows exactly how you're going to play? You know exactly how he's going to play. It's just mentally it's a it's a show. Oh, yeah, it's, it's all mental when it comes to play, <laughs> doing anything with him. We still compete in video games and whatnot and – I can tell you it's led to many, many wrestling matches and other things. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome for you. And you mentioned he was a, you know, he's giving a senior speech. He's a senior, I believe, right now in high school for you. Yeah. You know, as part of your recruiting decision, you enrolled early in Texas. And even before getting to why, you know, you made that decision, how difficult was it for you to split up from him to go off to school a little bit early? Yeah, well, after I decided to go homeschool or online school, I started traveling the world at a one third or to half the year. So I didn't, I didn't get to see him that much anyway. So we, we, I, I was kind of, I, I kind of knew what to expect with the time being away from him. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult because he's my best friend, and I always love hanging out. But I knew that whether it was next semester or this semester, I had, we were going our separate ways. So, um, we we had different responsibilities, but yeah, I mean, we still keep in contact all the time, so it wasn't too bad, but it's really nice being back home now and seeing family and catching up. Mm -hmm. For you and getting to that decision for you to go to Texas, you'd obviously been a successful junior. I think you won your first ITF event in 2017. And, you know, you go on that run, uh, you win the U.S. Open junior doubles. Why at that point in that moment was the decision to enroll early at Texas? Well, uh, we had a great team for this upcoming year and coach coach was he gave me the option whether I wanted to go in the fall or spring. And I felt like I was tennis wise, I was ready. And I knew that if I buckled down, I could finish school early enough, um, which I actually happened to finish the last day possible, December 31st of 2019, (laughs) I finished high school. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I thought ultimately our team wanted to win a championship. And I thought if I joined the team this this past season we would have a good chance and um so yeah i i thought the lead also we had two seniors on the team yuya ito and christian sigsgaard so to have a season with their leadership and um kind of you know looking 
looking at what they've done to become so successful in college tennis would be beneficial to me. And then, um, yeah, that's pretty much all that went into it. I was just, I wanted to honestly get on campus and start playing college tennis as soon as possible, just because of all the great things I've heard about it. Yeah, and for you, and I want to get back to that in a second, but for your confidence, winning that U.S. Open Junior Doubles title, you know, what does an experience like that do for you as a player? You know, what does that do for your confidence, uh, you know, moving forward? Yeah, I mean, that was definitely one of the best moments I've had in my life and, and on a tennis court. But, um, yeah, it was huge to know that in front of my family and friends, like, uh, my partner and I, Tyler Zink, could come up with a huge win like that. It was uh, a really exciting time, and uh, yeah, it definitely helped me moving forward. What court did you guys play on? Uh, I believe the final was on court six. It was funny because our first round we played on Grandstand, which was a surreal <laughs> experience. But like, I remember getting called out and having my name on the video board and just like getting goosebumps, just kind of freaking out because it's the tournament that I've been going to since I was uh, seven years old. But uh, the atmosphere on court six during that final was something special. So I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have wanted to go any other way. No, and for you, you already have played in your career at Florida. You've played at Ohio State. And I'm curious, how does playing at all four Junior Slams, Australia, French, Wimbledon, the U.S., prepare you for the college atmosphere? Because the college atmosphere is so different than anything else, but I imagine the closest it can come would be at the Junior Slams. Right. I mean, I can tell you, from playing at Ohio State indoors, there's no place that I've played anywhere that comes anywhere near to like close to that <laughs> but uh yeah i mean the pressure of playing in some in a grand slam something that you've obviously worked your whole life to to play is it helps in, in experiences because you're playing with a crowd you're playing on a big court or and you know it's um the nerves everything it's not easy so to have experience with that is nice going into college tennis because obviously crowds are rowdy and people are going to chirp at you and um, there's a lot of pressure so uh, yeah I I would say it was a a huge help that I played the the junior slams um, Mm -hmm. just in terms of realizing how to handle those big moments and um, yeah kind of what to do when it gets close and you got people watching and everything so yeah I think it's great. And I definitely want to explore that thought at Columbus in a second. But for you, just to to knock this off of the way, obviously you end up making the decision to go to Texas. And our listeners might be aware, I'm sure you're well aware, Coach Michael Center Mm -hmm. last year obviously has to leave the team uh, given what he was with. And Coach Burke takes over, and they go on to win a national championship. And I'm just curious for you, during that time span, I'm sure the emotional high and lows must have been just vastly different during that period but and there I'm sure there was also pressure for you to maybe decommit to go elsewhere just get away from it but why did you stay committed to Texas why was that the program for you yeah well actually after I found I've I've only I only had a couple phone calls with coach center but was mostly recruited by coach Burke Mm -hmm. but uh, after I found out it was kind of just you know it was obviously shocking Mm -hmm. and um I didn't really think I was going to be joining the Texas men's tennis team. Uh, I thought I was going to kind of part and 
kind of um, pursue some other route. But uh, after they hired Brandon Wagner, who's now our assistant coach, someone who I've uh, been on court with and he coached one of my best best friends for a while. So I, I knew him really well and uh, really trusted him because he had a great relationship with my coach and myself. So uh, after, after they hired Brandon and I started talking to Bruce Moore, uh, it just felt like the right fit for me. But, um, yeah, of course, Coach Center's whole ordeal was a big shock to everyone. And I'm, I'm thankful that the guys that are on the team now who are already committed when it happened stayed stuck with it. And, um, yeah, it, it, that, the fact that they had that trust in everyone um, definitely pushed me to, to jump on the bandwagon and um, – and play for Texas. Yeah, it's it's definitely easy to join a defending national championship winning team. I'm sure that's a that's a fun decision to make. But you talked about that word trust, and for people who haven't gone through or maybe will go through the recruiting process soon, and just uh, you know people out there who are wondering what goes into a decision, how important is it you know for you to have trust in the coaches? Where was that in terms of for you prioritizing the things that you needed to have you know checked off your list in order to match up? with the school I mean yeah that, that's everything for me I mean um, as as a high schooler it's definitely one of the bigger decisions you have to make in your life at the time that you do it so for me I just took my time talked to as many coaches former players current players as I could to find out more about each team each coach what they had to offer where I would fit best and um yeah just make sure you you know what you're getting you're getting yourself into right i mean um coach burke was always super reliable and uh super honest with me throughout the whole recruiting process and um that that kind of stood out and there was so there was many other coaches that were great too it's just um some places are great fit for you some maybe not but um yeah, I think developing the trust between the coach that you're going to be joining and the team that you're going to be joining with the guys is is huge because that's ultimately going to determine um, what, what your next four years and time after that's going to be. So, mm-hmm. And everything. for you – for you to get on campus in January, what's a bigger adjustment? Adjusting to college life, adjusting to that Texas climate, or you know, adjusting to the actual level of tennis and the you know the day in day out practice schedule that you're going through. Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely adjusting to going to school not on the computer. <laughs> um, it, I, the tennis level was it's it's similar to the top junior level but of course when you get to the guys that are playing one two three it's it's a really high level in college tennis but I I wasn't as nervous about that I was just focusing on how am I going to get by through this first semester but luckily with the resources that Texas has um I I managed to do okay or I am doing okay but I remember my teammates make fun of me because the first day of class I was so nervous that I woke up two hours early and started walking to class an hour before class, even though it was five minutes away. So you can, you can tell how, how nervous I was going into it, but I can tell from experience it, it all works out fine. And 
wherever someone ends up, the resources that are there will help you help you get through. I, I was probably the most nervous out of anyone that's ever started that experience in terms of schooling. So imagine what that sort of adjustment uh, is going to look like. But, you know, you, you talk about uh, getting to the tennis and, you know, the level of play. You were playing at the highest levels of the juniors. And I know, uh, as you mentioned, that that's not too different from the, you know, the what you're going to see level of tennis-wise in college. But, you know, playing your first match at Florida, adjusting to the no-ad scoring and just competing against your teammates, what has that transition been like for you? Yeah, I mean that first match in Gainesville was it was surreal. I I mean, I it was the first time I've played for a team in tennis ever, and it was something that I've missed for a while. I always loved playing sports when I was younger for a team and with a group of guys, you know, reaching for the same goal. And uh, to go out in my first match and play at Gainesville with the with the crowd they had at night match. Uh, it was it was an amazing experience, and it it brought on pressures that I've never felt before. But um, I was lucky enough to handle that pretty well, and uh, it was the fact that we managed to come out with a W there um, as our first match in the, of the season was huge. And for my first college tennis match, that was um, yeah that was huge for my confidence and. Um, yeah, it was it was one of the most amazing moments I've had on the court, just being a part of that that experience with the crowd and um, bat, just battling with your teammates against the, the opposition. It was crazy. Yeah, and for people who don't remember the context, you guys were number two in the country. Florida was number one. Uh, you and Jacob had dropped the clinching set in the doubles point, and you know you were still on court battling with Andy uh, when you uh, ended up clinching over Crawford. But you know just. When all eyes turn to you and, you know, for you to have to, having lost the doubles and needing to just quickly mentally rebound from that and there's a hounding crowd, uh, again, does anything really prepare you for that sort of moment? Uh, I mean, yeah, there's matches in juniors that can help prepare you, but nothing compares to college tennis where you've just lost a tight doubles point. You're the last court and then... You got to go five minutes after no warm up from that during the for the singles match and just start playing. Um, and then it, if it comes down to you, if it's a three two three all match, there's really nothing in the world that's gonna prepare you for that sort of pressure experience. But um, it, I can tell you from being in it, it's it's the most fun you, I, I've had on a tennis court. And uh, yeah, it kind of it kind of for me felt like almost a different, a different sport from, from juniors. It was playing with a team behind you, you know, helping your teammates, having your help, your teammates chirp at you, help, help out and trying to just ride from each other. Um, it, it's, it's amazing. It's so fun. So, uh, yeah, it's all I can say is it's, there's nothing. Yeah. There's definitely nothing that can prepare you for it, but, um, it's going to be fun no matter what. So you just got to stick to your routines and um, 
take your time through those moments and cherish them. Mm-hmm. And you brought it up so uh, earlier, and so I want to follow up on it. You, you know, I think you guys started the season off four and zero, and you were the number one team in the country heading into your matchup at Ohio State. And I have never been there for a match, but I've seen plenty on the live stream. I've heard so many stories. I, you know, what is that environment like in Columbus? Yeah, well. Playing indoors with hundreds of fans watching, um, and you got six courts playing. It's, I mean, especially the doubles point. It was the loudest environment. I, to me, it felt like a football game. I was talking to the guys after, and it was just like you couldn't even hear the ball being hit. So, um, yeah, I, there was so much adrenaline running. Like I can, there's some moments of the matches that I I can point out, but like it. it you kind of when you're in that zone and you're in that environment, you kind of like black out a little bit and just let you know let let your muscle memory do do what you ha- what it has to. But it's yeah, it's like no other playing there indoors in a big match because I know they they promoted it well and they, I think they're they've been undefeated for I don't know they've I don't think they've lost a match indoors in years or at their facility in years so. We were fired up. They were fired up. The crowd was fired up. It was it was crazy. Yeah, it's something like 273 out of 274 is what they've won or something just ridiculous like that. Um, yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, so, it, it, you know, I can understand why that environment gets fun. Of course, then you guys go on to beat Georgia 4-3. You knock off UCLA, and you get to the quarterfinals of the ITA indoors, and that was a really weird match. Now, we at Crack Rackets happened to be there. We were on the call for that match in particular. And I remember the, you know, you guys take the doubles point. And Michigan was a team that during this year had a lot of success in doubles. And it felt like they needed that if they were going to be able to hang because there was sickness, you know, a, a bunch of different ex- factors. Seymour was out. Uh, of course, for you guys, Waldeeb injured during that match. Uh, but he's, you know, playing at the three position. But, well, you know, what were the pressures like for that national? indoors what do you remember from that match yeah well that was uh one of the first i think that was the first doubles point that jacob and i had clinched and it was a it went to a tie break and it was a really exciting finish and like the the adrenaline from that is it carries on for minutes and could can be more after and so for me it was my first time experiencing that clinch and then to to dial it back and uh, refocus for singles, um, that was difficult, and I did not have. I think that, yeah, that was definitely my toughest match of the season, and uh, I lost it, uh, my singles match. And um, you know, it happened where not a lot of the guy, most of the guys in the team didn't have their their best day, and for when many things go wrong like that anything can happen in college tennis you see, you see upsets all the time so uh, yeah they they outplayed that played us on that day but uh it was definitely an exciting tournament it was super fun to be a part of yeah and do you look at how you guys were this year you were 13 and 3 overall you personally i think was like 11 and 1 in dual matches that Michigan lost being your only loss and so you know I, i'm curious a 
what was you know your transition, your thoughts on the no ad scoring, the different college format? Clearly, you were having success, but you know what was going well with your level of play, and then B, you know what were you feeling on that Texas team? How were you guys feeling heading into that portion of the year? And you know, I don't know if Ito is going to come back. I don't know if Siskard's going to come back. But you know, moving into next year, should we be at a point where hopefully we can start playing college tennis again? Uh, how are you feeling about the prospects of your team? Right. Well, first, I mean, transitioning into college tennis with the no ad, with the deuce point, um, it's it's kind of you just got to take it for what it is. For me, I look at it as an opportunity to be clutch. I mean, if you look at it as as a negative, it's probably you're probably going to hate deuce points. And I know people that do hate deuce points, but um, it, it definitely plays a huge role in the outcome of the match, who wins more deuce points. So there's going to be, I know there's going to be plenty of matches in my career where I lose because I lost a, a deuce point or two. And because I've, I, there was many matches this year that I won because I, I won a deuce point or two. So um, it's, it definitely adds pressure. And um, I think it's, a, I think it's fun. Uh, it's, it really comes down to who's going to be the most clutch in that moment. And then um, for our team, I we were um, starting to really make some good strides as a team. Uh, we struggled with the doubles point a little bit beginning of the year. We're starting to get better and better. So I thought I thought we were in a really good place. Um, I felt like we were about a we were about to click and really make a jump for um, the number one ranking or just start to progress better and better towards the end of the season to peak at NCAA as I felt like we, we had something good going, but uh, um, obviously we don't know what's going to happen with um, our seniors coming back yet. Uh, but either way, next year we have two great recruits and Layton, Layton Allen and Micah Braswell coming in next year. So um, we'll, we'll be good either way. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what we can do. I mean, if our seniors decide not to come back, we're going to be a very young team. Um, so m- most of our guys won't have experience, won't have as much experience as, uh, as other teams, but we've got a lot, a lot of good players and we're deep. And um, I think if we all have the right mindset, we could do something special. Yeah, I'm curious for you because, you know, Ito this year was, I think he had lost like twice or something crazy like that, maybe four times in total and was so good in the fall. But, uh, you know, what do I think he was ranked number one in the country individually and obviously Christian's an incredible player as well. I think he was top 10. Uh, what, what is it? Is it fun getting to practice with them day in, day out? Are there things I just feel like Ito having seen him play the things he must pull off in practice just are probably phenomenal. Oh yeah, no, he's the fastest guy I've ever seen on a tennis court. He's he's so fun. To, both of them so fun to practice with. I mean, Christian nukes the ball. Uh, he's got a huge forehand. For me personally, I my favorite guy to hit with was Yuya, just because of the rhythm and the pace that he plays at. Um, it was we'd have some good points. It was really fun. And then Christian had more of a tough time with, just because of the way he. If you left anything in the middle of the court, he'd destroy it. And I, I was always on my back foot against him. So, yeah, I mean, to have that level, uh, to be able to practice those guys day in and day out was um, was huge for me. It definitely helped me improve. And then to 
obviously as they're great people as well. So to learn from them and their experience in college and kind of pick their brains was, was also great. Mm -hmm. And last couple of questions here, but you know, in terms of you brought up how great the depth your team has, and you guys were really, you know, seven, eight deep. And, you know, I'm curious as a freshman who's coming in and you're playing the four position primarily, but I can only imagine what the competition's like between you, between Waldib and Cleve and Jacob and Chi Chi. You can imagine a scenario pretty easily where that competition can get nasty and people get chippy with one another but it sounds like to you uh from you that that competition has been really healthy and really uh helped your roster help you guys advance as a team can you sort of talk about what it's like to have you know four or five guys or you know that that sort of depth and what it's like to compete day in day out yeah I mean it's not it's not easy when you have that many good guys especially for coach to make the decision of who's gonna play but um our team handled it really well this year. We had a bunch of guys that could have played and we definitely had the level to play, but uh, ultimately it's coach's decision and you can't, you can't really do anything about that. And all you can do is work as hard as you can every day and um, try to keep getting better and better. But for the guys that didn't see the lineup as much, they did a terrific job supporting and doing their best to get better. And um, to have, to have guys that don't, don't really have, much of an ego and don't really um, affect the team negatively when they don't make the lineup is huge. Uh, it's huge for the culture of the team. So it was nice to have um, supportive teammates that whether they were playing or not, they were all in on us winning the match and everyone playing as well as they can. So uh, I think that's huge for a college team. If you have one guy who's maybe disappointed, I mean, everyone's going to be disappointed when they don't play, but if he shows it or like, expresses that to other teammates talks behind people's back it it can be it can affect a team negatively and can lose lose you matches even so um i was just thankful that we had a great group of guys and a healthy competitive relationship where no, no one took things too personally everyone understood decisions and um just worked their hardest to to get better and see the lineup as much as possible yeah no i love it and also shout out clearly to the texas media team because that was a great answer uh so they had you guys <laughs> well prepared uh, i'm good glad to see it all right last serious question well serious question i guess this is a good segue into the rapid fire but last qu- question for you and this is just a generational thing in my mind but when i was growing up it was all about you know tennis recruiting and usta and ranking and i feel like a lot of that has been replaced by utr how real is that utr fed is that something that is like in your opinion players your generation the most accurate barometer of a player's level yeah i mean i don't know it's tough i i remember i can remember the days when i was like 10 or 11 12 stalking the youth the tennis recruiting website and <laughs> I, th- I think it was like every tuesday at 12 a.m the new list would come out and uh i can remember having a group chat with a couple guys and just talk talking about whether who moved up who moved down whether the system was skewed or not i mean it's pretty funny um but over the years i started looking at it less and less and focusing more on the process because if you get caught up too much in what your ranking is what your utr is what you're rated it it puts like it puts a toll on your mind and can add extra pressure that's unnecessary so but I do believe UTR is a great system. I think right now it is the best indication of someone's level. I don't 
it just it's purely i think an algorithm that indicates what your last i don't know someone told me it might be 30 matches i've been and how you've done against other people other people and their utrs so personally i think it's the best system out there right now and i could see them being pretty pretty big in the factor of college tennis and rankings in the future um I wouldn't be opposed to having the college rankings be UTR based or seedings and tournaments being UTR based. I think it's, it's a great system. That's purely just an indication on your past results. It doesn't mean that someone who's a 13 can't play like a 15 or someone who's a 14 can't have a day when they play like a 12. It's just, uh, it is what it is. It's, so there's nothing you can do about it. But I think I think it's right now the best system out there. Huh. I love to hear it. Yeah, it's fascinating to me because it does feel like they have come closest thus far to quantifying all of these results as opposed to you know yeah, point yeah. chasers or all of these different things. It's literally just what results right. do you have. And so it is interesting. I'm, I'm inter- I appreciated your perspective. All right, last thing for you, a little bit of a rapid fire. So my first question for you, you answered already who your favorite hitting partner was. Uh, who was your favorite member of the Texas team to go out with? To go out with? Oof. They're all pretty fun guys. Uh, but if I needed a wingman, I think probably Jacob Allard or or maybe Evan. I don't know. They're all Win-win fun guys. Win-win either though. way. Yeah. yeah. All right. Glad to hear it. What about who's the best to get dinner with? Best get dinner. Probably see him. Mm-hmm. I like it. Funniest member of the team? Funniest? Uh, we had a lot of funny guys. Jacob and Evan crack me up all the time. Our our volunteer coach, Martin Joyce, he's a character as well. <laughs> he's a funny guy. Yeah, no, I like that. What about who's got the most disgusting tennis bag? Evan McDonald all day. Just Mess bottles on over, bottles. Yeah, and I, I happen to be in the middle of Evan and and Jacob in the locker room. So my locker is basically <laughs> their their towels and deodorant. It's gross. I get to all the, I have to throw away all their trash. So it's not the best. But that's great. Um. All right. How about uh for you your you know if you could replay the junior doubles championship or replay that match you guys won at florida which would you pick probably the junior doubles <laughs> but, but the fair. florida you, match was that was a great time as well but um i'm hoping we'll have more of those in the future i don't think i'll, I'll never get the, another chance to win a u.s open junior doubles title so that was special Age-wise, that turns out to be true. Um, all right, my last Texas-related one. In practice, and this is not to speak to his character during matches, but in practice, <laughs> the teammate that is most likely to hook you just to get under your skin. <laughs> Easily Jacob Ballard. It's, <laughs> it happens way too often. We, we, get, we have some heated battles, so uh, it, it's all healthy, but when we're competing... It, it, it gets a competitive for sure. Uh, I just imagine a lot of slapped forehands. Oh yeah, a lot, a lot of <laughs> slapped forehands from him and me actually. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, all right, your favorite part about college tennis? The team environment, um, the fact that you can be cheering on 
your brother next to you and have him cheering you on and just that camaraderie, um, the culture of having guys who push you every day to try to pursue the same thing is is special. Mm-hmm. I like it. All right, quarantine edition, real quick. Your you know newest quarantine hobby. Ooh, uh, actually, listening to podcasts. <laughs> I listened to a couple Cracked Rackets interviews. Um, uh, some other ones. I've I've been loving podcasts, and I have a project for school that I have to start reading a lot. So I'm getting into reading quite a bit, even though it used to not be my favorite thing. So uh, with the free time that I have, I, I've been getting into some things, but the, the podcasts have been a great addition. Oh, I appreciate the Cracked Rackets plug there. Always appreciate a good plug. Um, all right, how about how often are you going to the refrigerator during this time? Oh, my dad and I joke about it. Whenever I'm bored, which is often during this quarantine, I'm I'm going to the fridge. So I would say it's on average one to two times every hour. Or two. Like it, it's bad. No, it's really bad. I've been eating a ton. Um, not always the healthiest foods, but. Uh, I, I'm trying. <laughs> when you get bored, my my first intention is just to go eat. Yeah, I've made a rule: ten push-ups before going to the fridge. That's just the. <laughs> I, I think um, I think I should start. Yeah, I feel like tennis players are underrated eaters. Like I feel like oh, a yeah. lot of tennis yeah. players can just house food. Oh, I, it's crazy. The guys on our team, everyone eats so much. Yeah, it's uh, again underrated. Proves how many calories we're burning day in day out on the court. Um, all right, do you have a worst quarantine purchase? Something you're like, yeah, I'll try this hobby, and then you're like, I should not have gotten that. Uh, yeah, I definitely regret buying spending a hundred twenty dollars on adjustable dumbbells from a scam website that I figured out would never come. <laughs> uh, that was that was not smart on me. I I didn't I didn't check with my my parents and. You know, it, it happened to be the worst purchase I've actually ever made because I'll never, I'll never see that money or those dumbbells ever, ever again. So yeah, unfortunately, least, I'm left with no weights. I was gonna say, at least there's good intent behind that. Oh right? yeah, great intention. I, I was trying. They were five pounds to eighty pounds. I figured it was a great deal to get uh, about twenty dumbbells for a hundred twenty bucks, and it happened. <laughs> to be too good to be true yeah that was the sign that was like 120 for 20 dumbbells that may have yeah, been a no, sign that just didn't it didn't seem like that would add up yeah. no that's good for me it's that i purchased two bags of reese's eggs and i ate them both and it's like i know i ate every single one of those reese's like yeah. every single one and it's oh, just yeah. no it's I guilty about that yeah exactly but elliot thank you so much for taking the time um i hope you stay safe stay healthy and seriously this was a blast look forward to seeing you compete again uh in college tennis soon thank you so much appreciate you having me love being a part of it and yeah you stay safe as well we'll talk soon this episode is brought to you by shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. 
Hope you enjoyed my conversation with the University of Texas men's freshman, Elliot Spaziri. Elliot, of course, was playing some phenomenal tennis when our season came to an end. And, you know, it was it was such an exciting conversation. He's such a kind kid. You can tell how energized he is for college tennis, how excited he is to be a part of that University of Texas men's tennis program. And so our game is in good hands with people like Elliot at the controls, and that was a really fun conversation. So thank you again to him for taking the time to chat. If you've missed any of our other Cracked Interviews podcast, I mentioned at the top, but we had another college tennis guest earlier in the week in Princeton's Brianna Schvetz, who talked about her Princeton Tigers season, what it was like to have the sort of success they were having, qualifying for the national indoors and knocking off a team like Pepperdine, what that did for her team's confidence. We've also had players like Tommy Robredo, Mitchell Kruger, Christiane, Claire Liu, Dennis Kudla, Bethany Maddox-Sands, coaches like Chris Woodruff of Tennessee, Paula Anacone, of course, Amy Frazier, a former WTA Top 20 player, turned coach now. Uh, so we've had a lot of great conversations. Hopefully you haven't missed any of them, and hopefully you haven't missed any of our other podcasts either. If you're a college tennis fan, you will really enjoy the Mini Break podcast. I did last week with ITA CEO Tim Russell, who talks about the impact of the coronavirus on college tennis and the way college tennis plans to strengthen itself moving into the future. It's a fascinating conversation. I also had a conversation just today on our mini break podcast. This would be Thursday, uh, April 30th, for those of you listening to this after that date, uh, with UNC's Will Blumberg, who made some history, became the third man in Division I men's college tennis history to be named an eight-time All-American joining Rick Leach and uh, I believe J.P. Smith as the only other guys to do it. We talked to Will about his 2020 season about the decision he has in front of him, whether to turn pro now or come back for a fifth season, given the extra year of eligibility afforded to all of the spring sport athletes. And it's a really fascinating conversation. Again, another college tennis guy. So be on the lookout for that as well as all of our Great Shot podcasts. And of course, like, rate, subscribe to all of our podcasts if you haven't already. Uh, but I'm sure you have. So, you know, thank you to you for doing that. But feel free to leave us a comment as well, because we always appreciate hearing feedback from all of you listening listeners. Be sure to go check out our YouTube channel as well. If you have, you'll have seen our series, CER Classics, our look at some of the best matches in tennis history. Super producer Daniel Westoff weaving in uh, video highlights from the matches we're discussing as myself and a bunch of our Cracked Rackets friends break down some of those match highlights. Uh, it's a really fun series. Uh, we've had that. We have, of course, overserved our look at all of the comedy that happens day in, day out, uh, week in, week out in the professional tennis world. A great little 10-minute video for you to just escape into the tennis community, get away from all of the grief we're all facing in our daily lives. So be sure to go check out that YouTube channel. I know super producer Daniel Westoff will appreciate that, and he has been killing it with all of the work he does on that channel. As always, he and super producer Max Flingner, of course, have a... of an editing job to do on this podcast, and they kill it day in, day out, week in, week out. There's no two people... I would rather have on my team, so shout out to the two of them. And again, if you have missed any of our content, be sure to go to our website, CrackedRackets.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. It's at CrackedRackets. Feel free to slide into my DMs directly at GreatShotPod. One last time, shout out to our friends at Diadem Sports as well. Go to their website, DiademSports.com. Use that promo code CR50. Get 50% off 
all of your orders. But with that said, for our wonderful guest, University of Texas men's tennis freshman, Elliot Spaziri, who again, we want to give a huge thank you for taking the time to chat. For super producers, Max Flinger and Daniel Westoff, for our friends at Diadem Sports, and from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Truskin. Hope you've enjoyed another interview uh, edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Hope you stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you all next time. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.